Hi, and welcome to Wild and Woke Podcast. We're your host. I'm Caroline. And I'm Susan. And here we go. I need to figure out what to say after that. <laughs> and here we go. Telling me about ocean things that are going to terrify me first, or am I telling you about Thanksgiving unsolved murders? Let me do mine because I think it's short. Okay. And then you can do yours. I love it. Tuesday, came home and I got super high and I started looking at ocean mysteries. And then I I scared myself into like a corner because I started reading about nine foot sharks and how there's potentially sharks bigger than nine foot. But now I'm going to talk about ocean mysteries. Were you, I'm just curious, were you, were you genuinely high enough that you were like, there could be a shark? In the room with me? In, in the room. Okay, there could be no. a shark under my bed right now. <laughs> I just got so deep down the rabbit hole of my mind that was like, okay, there's a nine foot shark oh, there's a bigger than nine foot shark? Oh my God. Only 90, only 5% of the oceans explored? Megalodon? Like I just started throwing these ideas and it just, aliens in the ocean maybe? I don't know. Okay, side note, I know you don't watch movies, but look, frankly, this isn't really a movie. I don't even know. It's a movie, but it's like, you know how movies sometimes are so bad? That you just have to watch them more than once. Yeah. There's a movie called Ghost Shark. I highly recommend you get high and then watch that. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. It's in the ocean, right? (laughs) Not in a pool or a lake. (laughs) At one point, it comes out of a Dixie cup. (laughs) This is a real movie. It's a real movie. This is a real movie that our friend, my friend Russ, who listens to us all the time, who will be very entertained by discussions of Ghost Shark, his youngest son. I don't know how he found this movie, but he just decided it was like the best thing. So, of course, Russ is like, you must watch Ghost Shark. You will not regret it. So I did. And I do not regret it. The Dixie Cat. I mean, there's just. So many things that you're like, somebody, someone storyboarded this. <laughs> I'm going to add it to my list. It better be good. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. But it's, it's a, it's a ghost shark. I'll have to get what Rich to watch it with me. I feel like, for some reason, I really feel like he'll be amused by this. He kind of has a thing for like really bad movies. See, so. <laughs> I, I I just, I feel like I could hang out with your husband. You probably could. He also, I think his, I'm pretty sure his favorite, like, genre of films is martial arts movies. Like, where the mouth and the, it doesn't match up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There's, there's definitely a place for those. That, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so... 
Ocean Mysteries, right? So There's many a lot of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> so many. But when I, it comes to the ocean, there are more things we don't know that we don't know than there are things that we know we know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I'm going to talk about ocean noises. Because Ooh. There's noises in the ocean that are unexplained, and that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> so the first one, I actually wanted to try to play them. So oh boy, we'll see if it works. You know that immediately my brain played the scene from Finding Nemo. Which one? When they hear the whales. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the one where they touched the butt. I love that movie. Such a cute movie. But yeah, you said ocean sounds, and I'm like, my brain went to Dory talking to whales. Hello. How are you? I'm going to play the sound, and then I'll talk about it. But this sound is titled Julia. That was Julia. Did you hear it? The. I heard it. They had to just make it creepy and name it Julia. It sounds like I'm Julia. Yeah. That's what I I heard. It sounds like a whale. I kind of want to know. I kind of wish I didn't know what it was called before I heard it. Just to know if I would have heard that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sometimes. It's like on it's like on ghost shows when they have an EVP. As soon as they put the words at the bottom of the screen, like what they think it says, it suddenly sounds like that. It so could be is, a whale named Julia. It could be a whale named Julia. This is from a 1999 NOAA hydrophone, and I was like, hydrophone? Who is she? I don't know what that means. What? I, it makes me realize how much I don't know about not only the ocean but ocean sounds i i don't know i know nothing but we found out that a hydrophone is just an underwater microphone i learned that i googled it (laughs) i also learned that noaa stands for national oceanic and atmospheric administration noaa now you know i'm such a nerd (laughs) you are nerd it's okay so this loud, this sound was so loud, it was heard over the whole Pacific region that it came from. So that's Julia. This next one is not anything, the name is not anything special that has to do with whatever. I'm just going to say it. It's the bloop. The bloop. Let me find it. I feel like there are so many bloops in the ocean. <laughs> right. That's why when I heard this, I was like, it's a, it's a bubble. It's like a fish blowing bubbles. <laughs> Like, have you ever listened to an aquarium? There are noises. I mean, it sounds like a bubble. Exactly. How is air in water unexplained? I don't know. I know this was uh, slowed down. Or sped up. 
if I would have just done my fucking research. <laughs> uh, so this was in 1997, NOAA hydrophones north of Ana- Antarctica in the Pacific Ocean. It was recorded at 5,000 kilometers away, and I will tell you that as soon as I read kilometers, my brain literally shut down. Yep. I I now know, I now know it's 3,106 miles, roughly, or seven, but it's louder than any known creature, and it's not thought to be man-made. So I think it sounds like a fish making a bubble, but I don't know, do fishes actually make bubble sounds like that? In the deep ocean? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know so, anything about the ocean. I have a question about decibel level. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be much loud? Like, when they say it's louder than any known creature, if something's, like, right up against the microphone, it's going to sound a lot louder than it would sound if it was, like, over there. How are they accounting for that? I don't like, know. Like, how are they determining that it's so much louder than anything? Well, because it was 3,000 miles away from the microphone, and it still how was... that? Susan, I literally know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Assume that there will be no answers to any questions. Um, I didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'm just confused. I, I saw NOAA. Who is she? Hydrophone. What is that? Kilometers. My brain shut down. So this my is what you get. My brain shut down on the kilometers, too. <laughs> I, I got nothing for that. But yeah, so it was um, 500 kilometers away and... A really big bubble. Really big bubble. I mean, air comes out of, like, no, that doesn't, never mind. Mm-mm. Let me kind of explain what the NOAA said. So they're pretty the sure thing it was. I was about to say it was going to be really dumb. Say it. Be on my level, Susan. <laughs> say it. <laughs> my brain was, like, going through the process. Of considering this possibility as I was saying it out loud. And right before I got there, my brain was like, no, dumbass. (laughs) I was going to say something fucking stupid, which was, couldn't air be coming out of the center of the earth? No. (laughs) Because there's not air. Isn't that kind of like a volcano? Right, but I mean, it could... Okay, a volcano could release some kind of gas. Yeah. But it wouldn't be, like, just air. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't make a bubble sound. True. I don't think. So, the NOAA said they don't think it's an animal, but it was relatively common. And I'm like... If it was, if it's a relatively common noise, how is it unexplained? I smell a cover-up. Immediately. Conspiracy Caroline is here. Is this like 
when the house settles and even though you can't define exactly what's making that noise, like you kind of roughly know that that's just a sound that sometimes happens. Yeah. So they came out and said that they, it's the sound of an ice quake. And now that's a word I know. They said they never thought it was a large animal. The internet just kind of took that and ran with it. Well, because conspiracies, of course, as one does scary. So yeah, they say it's a um, it's an ice quake. Uh, even though I made myself notes while I was high, and I have no idea. <laughs> this one just says blah blah blah. We're reminded of the giant squid again. <laughs> Where were you going with that, Caroline? Oh, okay. So yeah, that's the bloop. It's pretty boring. It's an ice quake. It's not a conspiracy anymore so blah 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 we're gonna do upsweep now and my note that i have for upsweep before i even play it says immediate chills because it sounds like a scary movie background as they're exploring like the haunted mansion room to room well anyway that one is um hang on let me find it i want to listen to it okay and then maybe you can i don't know i can post I can post these YouTube clips for the sounds um, on the blog so you guys can listen to them if you can't hear them through the audio, which hopefully you can because I want you to be right here with us in the moment, guys. So this sound is from 1991, and it, like Susan said, appears to be seasonal, generally reaching peaks in spring and autumn. It's unclear whether this is due to changes in the source or seasonal changes in the propagation environment. Guys, I don't even know what the fuck that means. And it starts to give you coordinates, and immediately, again, my brain shuts down. But it's basically between New Zealand and South America. They and The NOAA speculate that the sound is underwater volcanic activity. Do you, are you listening? Mm, I've been listening while you've been talking, which is actually extra creepy. It's like a it's like a haunted background music track. If no one is using this for haunted movies, y'all. Yeah. Do Step it. it up. Ew, okay, that's enough of that. So I listened to that and immediately I was like, I'm kind of pissed that Julia and Bloop were the spooky ones when this one is actually spooky. It sounds very spooky. And even though it's explained, it's still weird that I mean, that's the noise an underwater volcano makes. <laughs> okay, what? What does an underwater volcano sound like? Horror. <laughs> Just straight dread. Our next one is from 1997, and it is called Train, and I have in all capital letters in my notes. It's literally a train. We'll see. I don't know if your soap actually stops the stink. Try the butt suds test. Suds up. Wash that butt crack. <laughs> Did you hear the ad? Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. I want you guys to listen to the different pitches in this because it sounds like a train whistle. That's crazy. Yeah. A literal train. This one is 
also near Antarctica. And they gave, like, a location. It's called Cape Adair. Like, I know where that is. Like, Oh, you know. Oh, you know, Cape Adair <laughs> in Antarctica. Oh, you know, places in Antarctica where I know. Moron. Where, where I completely know where things are. <laughs> um, and again, it's just an iceberg. Well, I guess this is different than the ice quake. This is an iceberg grounding, which is terrifying. Have you ever seen the videos of the ice coming off of an iceberg? Like, and they're on the ship in the... I have, and it makes me very uneasy. Me too. I just think about all the little fishies that are now dead because that ice just fell on them. That's just where my brain goes. Don't question it. I also think that with bridge collapses. I definitely think that with bridge collapses. I've never really thought about For some reason, the ice, like, splashing in is, like, how the water, you know, when your water, when you drop ice and it, like, splashes, I'm like, it's fine. They're just going to displace the fish. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And fish are But for some reason, but for some reason, bridges, I don't, I don't know. It's different. (laughs) Somehow this is different. (laughs) I can't explain it. it. (laughs) It's like how the little spoon, the teaspoon is different from the regular spoon. It's just, I can't explain it. It's just, yes. Absolutely. So I thought that the fact that they were they so fast said, "Oh, it's just an iceberg grounding." Like it's a little sus. You guys were real quick to come up with an answer for that. On the other hand, I mean, maybe they just literally do know what that sounds like. This is true cuz I I don't. Do you know what an iceberg sounds like? I have no idea. This probably. It never crossed my mind that icebergs made noise. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I just assume that, like, everything in the ocean is silent. Because, like, fish don't talk. They don't really make noises. The only thing that makes noises, really, is whales and icebergs and volcanoes, obviously. I mean, but this is one of those that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk. I mean, not get too deep. <laughs> like, who knows what's going on under there? Who knows, indeed. So... that's really it with the sounds, but I wanted to also talk about the nine foot shark. Just real quick. I want you guys to go on this journey with me. (laughs) I can't let it go. Just real quick. We're going to talk about the nine foot shark. So in 2003, scientists tagged a nine foot great white shark and they just basically wanted to study temperature changes in the ocean. Wait, is it deep blue? What? Is her name Deep Blue? Oh, I don't know her name. I don't know. You probably know this story. It's a pretty common story. I might. There, there is a shark that is one of one of the biggest sharks, and her name her name is Deep Blue. Well, this and shark's dead now. I don't. I think Deep Blue's still alive. Okay, you carry on. I'm gonna look up Deep Blue. Okay. So several months after they tagged the shark, the recording information was found on shore. When researchers looked at the tag's information, they saw that four months after the tag was put on, the shark dove extremely fast down 1,900 feet, which suggests it was attacked and then eaten by something. And then the question is, what the fuck in our ocean could eat a nine-foot shark? What? What the fuck? (laughs) So that's where I started to spiral. Could a killer whale eat a nine-foot shark? They eat seals. They're not that much bigger than a seal. There was a comment 
on this BuzzFeed article that said scientists believe it was a pack of orca whales, but I Googled that and there's no such fact out there. So that is just a commenter who knows everything. From the data, um, when they saw that it immediately dove 1900 feet, they also saw that the temperature changes were so drastic from high temperature to low temperature or from low temperature to high temperature. I don't know. Basically, they think the shark was eaten and that tag was for some time in another animal's digestive system and then it came and washed up on shore. Scientists believe it was a 16-foot colossal cannibal great white shark. Okay. Nine feet scared me. 16 feet makes me want to cry. So deep blue is 20 feet. I'm not okay. And there's video of divers swimming with her. Okay, well, now I want to see it and just torture myself even more. Let me Google it really quick. It's kind of amazing because she doesn't have any interest in, in them, really. She's like, you guys are nothing. I'm after bigger prey. Kind of. Um, this is a, I'm not going to get into it because it's not a mystery and it's not what we're talking about. But if y'all are, are into like giant sharks, look up Deep Blue Story because it is so cool. She's actually, she swims as, she was originally discovered in Mex- and tagged in Mexico or in the ocean near Mexico. And then in 2019, um, another photography team that was looking for sharks photographed her in Hawaii. Wow. And they were shocked when the team got back to them and said, uh, yeah, that's her. We matched up. They, they match, um, characteristics, color, like her specific color patterns, as well as like scars and they matched the pictures and they can they were like able to positively confirm that it was the same shark. That's so insane. she swims as far as like from Mexico to the water near Hawaii. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And That's she's intense. over 50 years old. And she doesn't even look that big. That's the t- <laughs> I just looked her up and she doesn't even look that big. So if you watch, if you go watch some of the videos, like some of them, it's hard to, it's really hard to see the scale, but then some of them, like they have a really good angle and you can see that she is like, you can, they have enough other things in the shot that you can tell that she is massive. How big is Megalodon supposed to be? Do you know? I want to think Megalodon is like 50 feet. That's terrifying. You know what else is terrifying? The Mariana Trench. Well, look, yeah. I mean, we're not getting. Feet. They think that Megalodon was 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 roughly sixty five feet. And that's like a real. They yeah. think he was real. There's enough, yeah. There's enough evidence to say that Megalodon is an extinct species of shark. Hmm. I wonder what the oldest shark is. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. 
we could spiral on sharks for a while, obviously. Maybe we should celebrate Shark Week. I've never been into Shark Week, but now that I know these shark facts, I think I'm a shark person now. I have such mixed feelings because I'm so fascinated by it, but I also get real freaked out about then like going to the ocean and getting in the water. Uh, yeah, I don't go to even the ocean. Though, even though, honestly, flesh-eating bacteria is way more dangerous than sharks. True. Just saying. You know, the thing is, we fear the big things. This is, hold on. Everybody take a moment because it's going to be some profound shit. Time out. Just to be ready. We're afraid of the big things, but it's honestly the teeny tiny things that are way more likely to hurt us. Someone quote that. <laughs> someone someone put that in a in something. Viruses, for example. There's some nasty ass youngins that have sex in lakes. I was one of them until Ma'am. I read a horror story about little little fishy parasites getting up pee holes. Mm-hmm. Never again. And just Never for again. the record, swimming pools chlorinated water also not good for the things the areas and the places but I feel like you're not taught these things I mean maybe listen maybe it should be common sense you don't have (laughs) sex in a lake okay maybe it should be but I'm from the mountains of North Carolina (laughs) (laughs) I now know as a 30 year old woman that is profound in a completely different way (laughs) I now know as a 30 year old woman what not to do to my private parts but that's not taught to you when you're young. No one says, hey, the parasites can crawl up your dick hole. And in all seriousness, this comes back to the South believing in abstinence-only sex ed. I did have sex ed, but it was literally a two-week course where they just showed us birthing videos. Right. That's abstinence-only sex ed it's because terrifying. they're not teaching you anything real. True. They're just like, look how fucking scary it is if you decide to procreate or if you do it by accident. <laughs> it worked. It scared me. Yeah, but did it teach you not to have sex in the lake to avoid fucking fish parasites? No. And did it really scare you or did you have sex in the lake? Saying. (laughs) It didn't work on any level. (laughs) But probably places that have real sex that are like, by the way, you shouldn't have sex in the lake because of parasites. Ocean water, not good. We do not want salt going in certain areas. Not a or good hot plan. Tubs, guys. Oh. No hot tub sex. Mm. You're just asking for flesh the bacteria. bacteria. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just saw this girl on this skincare group I'm in on Facebook, and she all she did was sit in a hot tub, and she got these little mites under her skin, and it looks like hundreds of pimples on her legs and that's after the fact there's scars now but anyway we just booked a three-day vacation for fourth of july in gatlinburg tennessee and one of the but anyway there's some things i can't give up okay but hear me out there are the crazy you know like people like monica from friends that are just like obsessed with cleaning things there are people that have like, how do you clean something that like, like how do you clean a like a jetted tub in a hotel before you use it? It's a good idea. Like maybe there's a way that you can clean it so that like it's 
actually clean and sterile before you use it? I would hope if we're on Airbnb and it's a popular area that they would have a clean. But who knows? People are fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. And how many people have had sex in that hot tub since it was, like, sterilized? Don't ruin this for me. Just be quiet. <laughs> be quiet. I'm <laughs> just saying, maybe look. Maybe check into how to clean the hot tub before you get in it. Just so you, th- you don't end up with, like, I don't know. Pregnant with an alien baby or some shit. Don't put that bad juju on me. If Caroline gets pregnant with an alien baby, it is all my fault. I will take full oh, responsibility. My God. The alien baby reminds me of abducted in plain sight. Do you remember when he told her that he, he do you remember that case? Guys, yes. if, I'm not going to really get into it. I'm just going to give like a little, basically this guy abducts this girl and makes her think that she has to become pregnant with his baby because they're both half alien and they have to save the human race (laughs) and also she's 14 yeah well i think she's 12 12 through 16 are the years she suffers but guys it's crazy look just if you haven't seen that just do yourself a favor but like make a drink before you sit down because you are going to need it also if that doesn't make you want to watch it her dad gives her rapist a hand job in the car so we're just gonna leave that we'll leave you with that <laughs> definitely worth the watch okay they Susan. don't show the hand job just to be clear <laughs> they don't but they almost show something better where they show the dad now this happened in the 70s they show the dad now and he's just like and you know i masturbation style i gave him a hand job <laughs> It's almost better. <laughs> it was the it was a documentary that I sat down to watch it and was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Oh God, it's worse. Oh no, they're still going. <laughs> like <laughs> it's whacked out. It's crazy. Please watch but it. You should watch I might it. do an episode on it. Oh my god, we should do an episode on it. <sighs> okay. Um so an anyway, episode. that's ocean mysteries. <clears throat> That's all I want to get into. Ocean Mysteries. Conclusion. It's mostly ice. (laughs) So they say, seems a little sus to me that all these happened around the same time in Antarctica. I'm thinking underwater aliens. I'm just saying, go get a glass of water, put a chunk of ice in it, and listen. Because that shit's going to make some noise. I mean, it does, though. Like, even, like, just ice and water. Like, it makes noises. It, like, crackles and does all sorts of stuff. So. How loud to be heard over 5,000 kilometers. Like, I know what that means. Away. How loud? That's insane to me. I mean, that is insane. But I also. If I can hear, like, a cube of ice crackling in a glass, like, sitting next to me then it makes sense that a giant glacier would make a lot more noise. True. Also, it could just be air coming from the center of the earth. Yeah, because everyone knows this, where the center of the earth is. It's in the center, center of the fucking earth. Just, It's just earth center air. It's fine. Earth just let out a little gas. <laughs> she said, excuse me. I genuinely hope that that's how geologists discuss volcanoes. Like there's a little butthole in the in the ocean. Like a volcano. Oh my god. 
Are volcanoes the Earth's buttholes? Okay, I want to say no, but I feel like the answer is yes. What happened here tonight? (laughs) We have gone off the rails. (laughs) Bring us back, Susan. Bring us back. Circle back. Let's just, I don't even know how to rein that in. After that delightful conversation, let's talk about a really brutal unsolved Thanksgiving Day murder. Oh, yeah. Um, From 25 years ago. Which was in, like, the 80s, right? Yes. No. Sadly, it was 1996. Which I am uncomfortable with. Okay. So, in 1996, on Thanksgiving Day... Kristen Wilson's family is in Houston. They live in the Houston area, and I just lost track of where the either the parents are in Katie and she's in Houston or vice versa, and I'm not sure which. Um, which Katie's just a suburb of Houston, but Houston is huge. So I mean, there's places like there you could probably drive for two hours and still be inside technically in Houston. That's crazy. It's just like when you try to go, like, you know, some cities like, oh, we'll just go around the the city to avoid the traffic. You have to go like, I don't even know how far before you're really around the area that has traffic because of Houston. Wow. It's, it is crazy how, how spread out and how just enormous it is. Um, so Kristen Wilson's family is getting ready to have Thanksgiving lunch They're they're Everybody's planned to have been there around two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Kristen is 29. She's fairly newly single. Um, she's never one to be late or to not let somebody know where she is, when she's going to be there. So when it gets close to two o'clock and she's still not there, her family's all starting to get concerned. By 2.30, her parents are concerned enough that they leave the family gathering and drive to her apartment. And this is where I said one, either they were in Houston and they drove to Katie. Let's see. They drove from Katie to her apartment in Southwest Houston. Um, That's probably a solid 30 minute, maybe 45 minute drive. Houston people may tell me I'm wrong, but that's, I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. So close enough to just drive to her house and see what's going on. And also it's 1996. So everybody didn't have a cell phone. Mm-mm. Just keeping that in mind for people who were, you know, born with cell phones, like already in their hands. Since they can't reach her, they just, they literally just leave the family gathering and drive to her apartment. When they get there, they see that her car's in the parking lot. So her mom's like, okay, well, she's still here. So she didn't have a wreck. That was like kind of her first thought. So um, I don't, I know that they were able to get into her apartment. I'm not a hundred percent sure if the door was unlocked or if her mom had a key. Her mom just says that she went, she did what she always did and like sort of knocked on the door as she was opening it and calling out her daughter's name. Okay. So they get into the apartment and her dad goes towards her bedroom while her mom goes the other direction. 
And her dad is unfortunate enough to be the person who finds her body on her bedroom floor. She is mostly nude. Um, she has she's wearing nothing like nothing on the bottom, and her top is pushed up. But she's been posed um, yeah. in a really odd way. Her legs are together with her feet crossed at the ankles and her hands sort of like down across her ab- her lower abdomen. I just immediately had the idea that he raped her and then was like, it's not pure. You need to be pure. Oh, Close your back. legs. Put it back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, that's, that's kind of my thought too, is that it was like a, oh, you know, tidy, tidy it up. Of course, her dad is immediately hysterical, runs out, gets her mom out of the apartment, but not before her mom sees her and takes a blanket off of her bed to cover her body with, which she says, yeah, you know, I real I realize now that I shouldn't have done that, but in the moment I was just thinking, I don't want my daughter, like I want her to have some dignity instead yeah. of just being exposed. I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. I mean, who knows what you would do in this situation? We always talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you just, there's just no way to know how you would actually react like in the moment. I want to think like now knowing everything that I know about um, evidence collection and how important the preservation of a scene is, I want to think I wouldn't, but I don't know that, that that other part of my brain that doesn't care about any of that wouldn't take over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know how I would react. Um, so they, they call, of course, immediately call the police. And then they call home to tell the rest of the family that she's dead. Yeah. And when they call the house, um, this is only important because the person who answers the phone is her five-year-old cousin. Who lets and a five-year-old she, answer the phone? Well, you know, some five-year-olds just do what they want. Um, they, of course, have him give the phone to his mom, tell the mom, and he says that at that it was at that point that all hell just broke loose. Yeah. He says that he remembers um, seeing the phone fall out of his mom's hand. Yeah. And she says she doesn't, she's like, I know he remembers that. And I don't even remember. She's like, I don't really remember anything. She's like, I don't remember dropping the phone. I don't really remember anything else that happened. Um, But the five-year-old cousin, whose name I just forgot. <laughs> Trevor or Tyler or something. Tyler. It is Tyler. I was right. It is Tyler. Sorry for calling you Trevor, Tyler. Um. <laughs> Tyler is actually the one who's really kind of started putting pressure on um, the police, but also in in some ways his family to try to help get this murder solved because it really, he says that that, that not so much losing her because he doesn't really remember her that well because he was little. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, just everything that came after, like, there's always just this, like, a void where she should be mm-hmm. with their family. So, as an adult, he 
really kind of got back, you know, started asking a lot of questions, got back in contact with the police and started, you know, just kind of being that, being the family advocate voice saying, you know, hey, what's being done? Is there anything else we can do? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of been the driving force behind getting her case kind of back into the focus, I guess, for the cold case team in Houston. So in 1996, they don't immediately find any evidence that leads to any specific person. What they do find is that the person who attacked her was waiting for her. Yikes. Yeah. This is a, oh, maybe I shouldn't always have windows open in my house moment. She had a cat. Never have windows. I'm sorry. Never have windows open in your house. Frequently have windows open in my house. But when you're not, like, when you're not paying attention, like, don't get me wrong. We have windows open on nice days, but not when we're sleeping, not when we're gone. I sleep with my bedroom window open. (sighs) What the fuck is wrong with you? Frequently. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I can't answer that. I mean, to some extent, I am used to living with a very large dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's wouldn't really necessarily stop somebody from climbing my window (laughs) realistically real. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably shouldn't, but I really like sleeping with my window. (laughs) I mean, I get it. It's like really relaxing. Yeah. Anyway. So he, I'm going to say he, because this seems like a male perpetrator to me. Mm -hmm. We'll get into a little bit more of the details of, what happened to her, but I feel like it, it just seems like a male perpetrator. So we're going to say he, um, you, she had a screen that had a cat, like a cat door inside the screen. Mm -hmm. And he, he was able to use that to get this, like to get the screen off. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not clear that the window was open. Maybe it was just unlocked. I'm not sure. I know that they think that they believe that that's how someone got in. They don't think that they were let in. They don't think they had a key. They think they came in through the window. Okay. They had cut her phone line. Holy shit. So that she couldn't call for help. They had removed light bulbs from different places in the house. So if she tried to turn on a light, it would be, it wouldn't come on. That's some psycho shit to me. Yeah, for real. Like, I know statistically, and there are some men in this case that, were close to her that seem like that the that would be considered persons of interest. They the police say they do not have any actual suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, does that feel serial killery? She was strangled. There is some disparity about whether or not she actually was sexually assaulted. They had two different medical examiners go over the evidence and one of them concluded that they believe she was sexually assaulted. And the other one said they thought she was not. There was no, obviously there was no DNA evidence. There was no semen anywhere. Um, They actually, now this is 1996 and they are exploring now the, um, the, the possibility of retesting some samples 
Mm-hmm. But at the time, they didn't actually they actually did not find any foreign DNA anywhere. Now, Whoa. Yeah. Um, the fact that there wasn't any on her body is startling enough. Yeah. However, it seems like they may have not tested some of the other objects that we would test today. In 1996, they were not like the the place where the phone cord was cut. They mm-hmm. looked for fingerprints, but they didn't test any of that for DNA evidence. So it's possible that they could get DNA off of the phone cord or it's something else in the apartment that somebody else might have touched and left like epithelial DNA on. So there's there they do have evidence that they are considering now looking into retesting to see if they can find any foreign samples. Yeah. They had three men who were close to her. One was the boyfriend that she had left about a year before who she had had some issues with. Mm -hmm. A second was a married man who she had been having some kind of relationship with. Oh wait. And how old was she? 29. Okay. The third is um, a man who she had, they had, they had briefly had some kind of a, an affair or relationship, but they had been friends for a long time and their relationship, their consistent relationship was a friendship. Okay. They asked, I think before they realized that they didn't have any, any foreign DNA or any 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 reason to think that they had DNA to match something against. They asked all three of them if they would provide DNA samples, and all three of them immediately agreed, and all three of them provided DNA samples. That never happens. That never happens. So they already have all three of their DNA samples on file. So should they retest something and find foreign DNA, they already have all three of them that they can test against. Yeah. One of them, so the boyfriend that she had previously broken up with was named Ted, which right away, I'm concerned. Just straight off. Um, They had been together for a few years. They had lived together. Um, Her family knew that there had been some problems, kind of some ongoing problems. They really didn't know too much about it. But she did ultimately break up with him. But one of the things that Tyler, I said Tyler's kind of pushing the family as well as the police. Mm-hmm. He pushed to have to go to where they have all of her. They literally took all of her things and put them in a storage unit. And they've basically been locked up there for 25 years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I bet she's got some great stuff. God, that's fucked up. Never mind. Don't. I'm, we're not putting that in there. But can you imagine some of the pictures? Um, I watched a a video about this, and some of the pictures and stuff that they were they were getting out of her storage unit was, I mean, it's just it's kind of sad. I mean, I under I understand, I understand how you would like how you would just put it away, mm-hmm. and I also understand how I understand thinking, you know, I'll go through it Eventually. when I feel like I can. Mm-hmm. And maybe the first, maybe like thinking, you know, in a year and then I can, I can, 
I can understand how a year could turn into 25 years. Yeah. Fast. Easy. Yeah. Especially, I mean, with something so horrific. But he, Tyler, kind of started pressing and saying, look, you know, she's got all this stuff. Maybe there's something there that would give give us a hint, give us more information, give us something else to go on. And it turns out that her she had a journal that had been locked up with all this stuff, too, that her mother knew existed. But she, I guess, I understand not wanting to read it. I, don't. I understand. I understand not wanting to read it because. I would feel like that is kind of a violation because it's not, it's not intended for anyone else to read. But, but at I this don't, point, I don't she's... understand. Well, at this point they've now started reading it. And her mom actually talks about how, um, even though it's sad and it makes her sad, it's also reading her words is like having her sitting next to her talking about it. I 100% give my family permission to read my journal if I die, especially if it's mysterious circumstances. I just want my family to know that I don't have a journal, so please don't go looking for it because there's not one. It's not a cover-up. It's not a conspiracy. No one stole it. I don't have one. But check her browser history. That's probably where shit's going to be. Check my browser history. It will tell you all sorts of insane things and probably not that much about me. I, so I, I understand, like, at the time, I understand her family not wanting to invade her privacy. But I don't fully understand how you would just put that away instead of, if you don't want to read it, don't read it. Hand it to the cops. That was my first like, thought. Like, if you don't, understandable. And I understand how you could see that still maybe as an invasion of privacy. But, man, that seems like a compromise to me. Yeah, yeah. So in reading her journals, they discovered that the relationship that she had with Ted was a lot worse than anybody knew. He had a drinking problem that was apparently pretty serious. Mm. That was just, it was impacting every part of their lives. Yeah. She talks about in at one point she had taken a trip somewhere and he was supposed to pick her up. And wasn't sober and wasn't able to pick her up. And it just gets increasingly, I mean, you know, you know how abusive, Mm -hmm. toxic relationships, just everything just keeps getting worse. Like you, and she, she literally writes, it's not getting any better. At least she can recognize that. Some Mm -hmm. people can't. Took me a long time. She recognized it and she got out of the relationship. But he had at least a few, at least one time specifically that her mom knows about was stalking her. She didn't realize at the time she knew she was scared because she called, she called her mom and said, he's, he's following me. And her mom said, come, just come here. And they had a, I think her family had a business and she was telling her to come to the office and because they have security and she's like, just come here and we won't security won't let him in the building. But she says 
she kind of talks about how she knew she was she was scared that he was following her, but because she didn't have all the information that was in the journal and she hadn't really talked to him about a lot of that stuff, she didn't really realize how that it might have been really serious. So there were at least one or two incidents of him following her or her being scared by him. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's up there on the list of where the fuck were you that day? But he's one of the men who willingly handed over his DNA. Yeah. Um, she had then had at least a semi long term affair with a married man who was significantly older than her, like 20 years older than her, I think. Um, hmm. He, as far as I know, they had, they didn't, there was nothing negative in their relationship. But the family is kind of weirdly suspicious because um, he offered to pay for and did pay for um, the majority of her funeral and also helped the family pay for some other things that really didn't have anything to do with her. So that immediately. That could have been guilt because of the affair that could have I been think, he really cared about her you know it that was a my lot of things. honestly that's my and I I understand why her family's like are you making up for something but I also just feel like if you I think it's a different kind of guilt I don't think it's yeah. guilt over doing something to hurt her I just think it's I mean maybe maybe guilt that you know if they had had a different relationship she wouldn't have been by herself or yeah. guilt that maybe if they hadn't been in a relationship, she would be with somebody else who could have been there to help her or protect her. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I don't really know why they, I guess they only asked for DNA from the, from the third man, the friend, because they were close. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, there was, I mean, as far as I could, as far as I can tell, there's nothing negative. I mean, they briefly had... A, I don't know. I, I hesitate to say it's a sexual relationship because I don't know that, but I know they had, they briefly had some type of a romantic or intimate relationship, mm-hmm. but then they, they were still close friends after that. So that doesn't really strike me as being concerning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, on the other hand, you know, if it was a movie, he would be the suspect. Yeah, but or also, the guy. Like if it were if it were a movie, everybody would think it was Ted, but then it would turn out to be the best friend. Yeah. But I feel like if there was tension between them, she would have wrote about that. Yeah, and there's not um and of course they didn't, you know, they 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 read some some pieces from her diary, but some of it's a little bit older. So I they're not giving up all the information that they have. Yeah. Um but they, because they were able to find that, get some more information about some of her relationships, um, they at least have something to go on. Mm-hmm. And they definitely seem like um, they, well, the her cousin Tyler says that he has a, just a recurring reminder once a month that he calls that pops up on his phone. He calls and checks in with the detective who is assigned to this case. 
so it sounds like they have like they're in contact with the police they're going through her like they're doing their part to try to find any any other little bits of information to give the police to go on and um the the little documentary i watched about it they talked to i don't know if he's her detective or if he's just the representative for the houston police department um but he said you know yeah we're we're definitely always willing to look at retesting, retesting any kind of physical evidence we have because his feeling about cold cases is that time is what helps solve these cases mm-hmm. because the technology gets better. They're able to test different things that they hadn't been able to test before. Yeah. But it's also, fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. But also, he says, he was actually kind of fun to listen to because he's like, he's like, you know what I love in cold cases? Ex-wives, ex-girlfriends, ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends. Because all of these people don't want to give people up and don't want to tell what they know while they're in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But once they're exes, they're a lot more forthcoming with anything they might know about it. Like, Ooh. sir, <laughs> that's sneaky. That is sneaky. <laughs> Gets the job done, though. It does. So what's interesting to me is that nothing, I mean, it feels so, like, psychopathic and serial killer-y to me. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lack of, there's a lack of evidence. Like, they didn't find any foreign DNA. So, I mean, what do you even go on for that? They can't even agree on whether or not she was sexually assaulted. So, I mean, how do you, like, how would you even look at a potential, like her being a potential victim of a serial killer? I mean, you'd have to look at other cases that fit that profile. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there would be one in the, late nine mid to late nineties in that area or anywhere that, I mean, not without something more, mm-hmm. the unscrewing mm-hmm. the light bulbs. I don't know why that gets me, but that gets me. Cause it's very planned. It's very it's methodical. Very dramatic. Right. Okay. So wait, recap me on. Okay. Recap me on the first the first part about what happens when he comes in or like so what he does. He cut the phone lines so that she wouldn't be able to call for help and he unscrewed light bulbs so that if she came in and like flipped a light on it would be dark. I wonder if this person just like <clears throat> liked horror movies and that's what they did in the movies and so that's what he did. It could be. That's pretty, but that's pretty horror movie worthy. It is. Yeah. So, um, that is. And he would have had to wear, like, some kind of glove. I mean. Because they had fingerprints then. Oh, yeah. I I mean, they didn't find, they weren't, they were not, they basically did not get any they weren't able to get any physical evidence that they were able to actually use to even interview a suspect. 
That's wild. Yeah. So again, it's Kristen Wilson. Um, and this was in Houston and on Thanksgiving, 1996. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe that one will be solved. Maybe Hopefully. there's something in her journal. They were only talking about journal entries from like a year or so before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means that she didn't have any newer ones or if that means that they specifically didn't talk about those with the news. Oh, possibly. And they did talk. They also talked about the fact that her mom had really never talked to media before this. Wow. Which is. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You'd think that if, especially if there was so little evidence that you'd want to like hound the media about covering that case. I guess it was different in 96. I'm not sure. I guess, I guess it might've made sense that they wouldn't even know what to ask for. They didn't have, like they didn't have anything to go on. It's just this complete mystery. And I mean, yes, the ex-boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend's the obvious suspect. Yeah, I don't want to judge him just based off the drinking problem. Oh, but no, it's not the, it's, I mean, she had talked other about, things. she had talked, there was one incident where she had locked herself in a bathroom to get away from him. And she doesn't, even in her journals, like the parts that they read, she sort of talks around it, but it definitely sounds like she was, if she had not been physically abused, she knew it was coming. Mm. Like she was afraid of him. How long had they been broken up at this point? Like a year. Yeah, but men hold grudges. I mean, because. Well, and it's also a holiday. And that always, holidays bring up all sorts mm-hmm. of things for like, you know, good, bad, and different. Yeah, especially if they were together for years beforehand. Yeah, I want to say they were together for three years or four years. I'm going to try to keep an eye on that. I'm hoping because it's in Texas that if there is some kind of a break, I'll hear about it. But I'm going to put it on my list of things to like periodically Google just to see if anything's come up. Thank you so much for the continued support. Please find and follow us on social media at Wild and Woke Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you're looking for bonus content, early episode releases, and free merch, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wildandwokepodcast. And as always, if you have a listener story, please email us at wildandwokepodcast at gmail.com because we want to share it. And remember, all stories start somewhere. Be wild, stay woke, and question everything.